right, welcome back. This is Untranslated Islam with your brother Ben Yusuf. And as you guys know on this show, we dig deep and excavate gems from sources that have never been translated. And then we benefit from them, both you and I. We do this together. Um, we're going to jump into the Love, Fear, and Hope series, which is trying to ex extract benefits from Quran and Tafsir to apply to our lives. And I say love, hope, and fear. I think we spoke about this before because those are the arcan or the foundations of ibadah. But we always hear ibadah or worship and think of it as some boring or some whatever thing. But it's literally love, hope, and fear, which all has to do with affairs of your heart. So we're going to start jumping into these different sores and different ayats and chapters and extract some love, hope, and fear from them by God's permission or by Allah's permission. Today we're going to do Ibajah and Nasrullahi wal Fatah. Okay? So this is called Surah al Nasr or it can be called Surah al Fatah. Uh, Surah al Nasr or Nasr means help or aid. Al Fatah means victory. And it's also called, as Ibn Mas'ud called it, al Surah al Tawdi'ah. Tawdi'ah from Wada'ah which means like the, the surah of farewell. So we're going to talk about why it's called the farewell surah another time or maybe in our next sitting. But today we're going to talk about the love, hope and benefit of it being called the surah of victory and help and victory. Allah Jalla says in another surah or another ayah in Surah Al-Baqarah, he says, Allah inna nasrullahi qareeb. And this is in a situation where he's talking about the difficulties that the people of the past went through, going through things in this life, and to the point where both them and their messenger would say, Mata Nasrullah, when is the help of the victory, the help of Allah going to come? And we'll say help in this situation. Because we're talking about our lives. We're not talking about a war or a battle. So when we hear victory, we think of battle. But in reality, we're talking about just the help of Allah in any affair that we have, whether it's with our boss, whether it's with uh, having to move, whether it's with some difficulty with sickness, whatever it is with our family, our children. We're talking about the help and the victory from Allah. So when we hear when the help of Allah comes and his victory, some of the Mufassirin, they speak of how the help of Allah is the victory. So he could have said help of Allah or he could have said victory. But he spoke of both because one is the reason for the other. Meaning that when we are in good or in right with Allah, like as he said, in فَذْكُرُونِي أَذْكُرْكُمْ Remember me and I'll remember you. أُذْكُرُ اللَّهِ فِي الرَّخَاءِ يَذْكُرُكَ فِي الشَّدَّةِ As the Prophet ﷺ said, Remember Allah in difficult times, always be steadfast in doing what you're supposed to do. In difficult times, and He'll remember you. Or in good times, and He'll remember you in difficult times. Even in your good times, like we said about Esma in one of our other sittings, she was making a uh, 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 reciting the ayat over, over and over again. This ayat was, that even when we were in our families, we were mushfiqeen. We were terrified and scared of ever doing something that would displease you. So as a result, Allah took care of those people and saved them from any type of difficulty and punishment. So the idea is we need to be right with Allah in order to get that help. And if we're right with Allah, then we can have the hope. Number one, because we love in the law, we can have the hope that Allah will always come through. And the opposite is true. That if we're not right with Allah, 
then when something comes up or a situation comes up or even our regular life, we don't realize that everything we're doing could be setting us up for something bad because we're not fearing Allah properly. All right. Like Allah said in the Rabbika, that verily Allah is always waiting in ambush when you commit no sins and doing, or when we're committing no sins and doing things that is displeasing, there's always something waiting there that can take us out. All right. So let's jump into the whole situation of the Fatal Mecca. Um, I'm coming now from Sheikh Ruthi Means Tafsir, and he said, "Wahua Fatu Mecca," talking about this surah. Wakana Fatu Mecca fi sinatul thamin min al hijra fi Ramadan. He says, "So the Fatul Mecca, or the victory of Mecca, was in the eighth, uh, the eighth year after Hijra, and it was in Ramadan. So in that is great hope because most of us we we think that." That's when we're at our, re- our at our weakest, correct? But how many victories in history from that first victory all the way down to the victory of Asher Ramadan in Egypt? There's been many victories that happen in Ramadan when a person thinks that they're at their weakest as physical strength, but we're at our best with spiritual strength. And that's when the blessings come down and we get extra help and aid. And I say that because we're about to go into the what we call the Mawasim al Khair or this the, the the seasons of good. They start at Rajab and they go straight through to Muharram, like six months almost. And these are the seasons when it's time to get extra reward if you do good, but it's also because the Ashura Hurum or the or the prohibited months are in there. If you do something displeasing to Allah, you can get more harm. They're very blessed and special months. So I always encourage people to take advantage of those months and if you realize it's about five, six months of the year, if you do well in those, you'll be surprised how well they carry over into the rest of the year. All right. So that's Rajab. And then after Rajab, you're going straight into Shaban. We all know Shaban. That's the one with the Prophet Sallallahu He would, he would do a lot of fasting in and get himself ready for Ramadan. And then in Ramadan, we know. And then after that, Shawal, six of Shawal, uh, the fasting of six of Shawal will give you the fasting of a full year. And then, of course, Dhul Hijjah with Dhul Qa'dah with Dhul Hijjah and Muharram is the other, other three sacred months. So you're talking about straight through the seasons of good. All right. So Fatah Mecca, let's get back into this. This was in the month of Ramadan. All right. When the Nabi when he, the Prophet I'm going to just kind of give you some, some points from this. We all know, but if we don't know, I have to give you guys some background on this. The Prophet made a pact or an agreement or a treaty with Quraysh and the treaty was called the Treaty of Hudaybiyah. Okay. And for those who probably, you probably noticed either from reading or from seeing the message, I'm going to be real with you guys. I learned it from seeing the message when I was a young boy. Okay. So the people who saw that, then they know, uh, uh, they know what happened. And it was a situation where even the companions were looking and saying, like, are you going to agree to these stipulations? But the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he agreed to the stipulations of this treaty because what? It would give him time without pressure from those people who were fighting against Islam. They would be peaceful and it would give time for the deen of Islam to spread. So in that was great hope. Okay, so this was a culmination of many different important things. This surah. All right. So it was a great hope in this. And then, as we know, after about after about the seventh or eighth year of 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 this uh or I think seven years and either seven or eight years into this treaty, then the Quraysh broke their side of the treaty. All right. So the Sheikh goes in, continues, and he says, So the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he prepared in order to 
go and to take over Mecca. And he did it quietly or secretly. All right. And he said the statement, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Allahumma ammi akhbarana anhum. He said, Oh Allah, uh, hide uh, our affairs from them, meaning don't let them see or be aware of what we are preparing to do. <clears throat> Uh, so they didn't or uh, weren't aware until the, the, all of the Muslims were muhita bihim, until all the Muslims had had their plan and had came through and all of them came through so peacefully. Okay. Like they said, they didn't have to shed, to raise a sword or shed any blood because it was the time for this to happen. Ibn Kathir talks about this and he says, let me get, let me get down to what he says because he actually deals with this in a very good way. He said, uh, <laughs> okay, can Omar, no, no, sorry, as you guys see, I'm using, I'm using my phone today, so you have to be a little patient, I don't have the widescreen, okay, uh, yes, here it goes, here it is, he said, Ibn Kathir, Al-Murad Bil-Fat, Ha-Huna, Fat-Tamekka, قَوْلٍ وَاحِدًا That everyone agrees that this is talking about the fact, the, the opening of Mecca, فَإِنَّ أَحْيَا Arab كَانَتْ تتلوم كانت تتلوم بإسلامها they were saying okay so because the Arabs they were worried about this whole situation of Islam spreading and we're not talking about in Mecca but all around so they were looking to see okay what's going to happen because we have a whole custom a whole tradition amongst all the Arabs of things that we do every year and this is going to change everything. But we're going to leave him and his people. As they said, in Vahara ala kaumihi nabi. So all the Arabs said, we're going to leave, take our hands away, and we're going to leave this between him and his people. If he's successful over his people, then we'll know that he's truly a prophet because Allah doesn't let anyone take over Mecca without his permission. And we know that because what? The prophet was born, I'm a feel, on in the year of the feel of, of the elephant when those people Abraham and those people came over to try to take over Mecca. And what happened in this situation? I think you guys are familiar with this. When they were coming, the prophet's grandfather, this is the year the prophet was born. So he was a baby. The prophet's grandfather was the head of things at the time. And when he saw the, 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 the army coming with the elephants, he got his sheep and he started running into the house. And so they called him and they said, you're one of the leaders. And you just run in with your sheep? What about the Kaaba? He said, no, no, my affair is with the things that I'm responsible for. This is my sheep. We already know what's happening. You're about to attack the, the house of Allah. Allah will deal with that. And sure enough, Allah dealt with it. When he sent the birds and they threw and they destroyed the whole army. So the whole point is, is that all the Arabs knew about that and similar to it. And they knew that Allah is not going to let anything happen to that area or anybody take over that area and if they allow it or if it happens then we know that there must be a prophet as he's claiming to be all right so when they saw that the that the prophet took over mecca then they came into the deen or into islam in droves which is why it says so the whole point is is that all of this shows the hope, the love, number one, that Allah has for those who stand up for what he believes in and what he loves. And then the hope that you have that as long as you're in right with Allah, 
then Allah is going to take care of you. Yes, you may go through difficulties. We saw all the difficulties that they got, that they went through. But Allah inna nasrullahi qareeb. Remember this. Okay, Allah inna nasrullahi qareeb. This is a very important statement. And it's like I said, it's in the Surah Al-Baqarah because any difficulty that you have, always know that Allah is his, 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 it's right there. His help is right there. You just have to be patient. It's right there. Okay. Connected to every difficulty. Ma'a. is connected to it. Every difficulty, the ease is already connected to it. You just have to get through. All right. So this is what we wanted to talk about, about the situation of Fatul Mecca and the affair that brought all of this uh, hope and brought all of this love from Allah and all this hope for the Muslims. Now, there is a statement from the Prophet Sallallahu and a matter of fact, is a situation that happened with a Sahaba. When this whole thing was happening, uh, it was one person that was on his side and he was crying. And so, uh, no, it, this was actually in the, in the victory of another place. And there was a person that was on his side crying. And one of the Sahabas came over to him and he said, what are you crying for? This is a day of happiness. This is a day of goodness. And he said, don't you understand that the reason why that we gain victory over them is because we're the ones that are in the right and pleasing to Allah. And those are the ones that are in the displeasure of Allah. He said, so what about when the time comes or if the, he says, oh, he said, I fear the time will come when we may be the ones in the displeasure of Allah and people gain victory over us. And it's a hadith that's similar to this where one of the Sahabas said that the Prophet Sallallahu said that to him, and this is also what Ibn Kathir, where he said that they came in, afwaja, and that he fears that there will be people or, or, or groups that will leave out, yakhrujuna, uh, uh, leave out from the deen Allahi afwaja, okay? So the point is, is that all of the victory and aid comes from Allah Jalla wa'ala. This is what we get. And when I read this surah, now we're going to get into this, the, the, what you can feel. And everyone is going to have their own different, different thing that they're going to think of when they recite this surah. But when I think about either Ja'anusrullahi wal Fatah, I think about all the times, all the times. And when you get to a certain age, you look back and you look and see all the times where he helped us in our lives. And we weren't that deserving. And other times where he helped us in our lives, we were doing the right things and we just remember, wow, that's what brought that in this situation. And it's this situation. Look how merciful he was when we weren't even at our best, but we were doing the best that we could. OK, and I'm talking about people who grew up in the Western world. And it's like I look back and I wasn't even at my best, but I was sincere. And so he helped me through this. He helped me through that. He got me over into, even though I was kind of messed up, but he knew my goal was to get out and to get to the Muslim lands. So it's like, okay, at the last minute, this went wrong, this went wrong, this went wrong. He still helped me get over there. I came over there with a third of the money in my pocket that I planned on coming. He helped me get over there. Things got difficult, but he knows that my iman, that, that my, that my knee or my intention was good. And so he opens up a job here. He thinks they're open. We got to go out of this apartment and leave out of this apartment because it's too expensive. He opens up this place in the village and say okay go there you get there and then see that's where you're supposed to go all along because that's where you needed to study at these people down here they weren't studying much up there that's what you were looking for so the whole point is is that you be right with Allah and Allah will be right with you all right so that's really really what we call Bikhtasar is a very abridged version of what I wanted to say and I hope that me keeping it simple it makes it easier for you to think about 
this ayah إِذَا جَاءَ when the help of Allah إِذَا جَاءَ نَصْرُ اللَّهِ وَالْفَاتِحِ when the help of Allah comes and his victory وَرَأَيْتَ النَّاسِ يَدْخُلُونَ people say وَرَأَيْتَ النَّاسِ يَدْخُلُونَ is وَرَأَيْتَ النَّاسِ يَدْخُلُونَ okay and we see the people يَدْخُلُونَ entering into the religion of Allah afwaja okay فسبح, and this is the next point once he gives you that assistance then you think and you praise him فسبح, you praise him for the love the thanks the reverence the 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 the, the, the extolment or or like this exaltation that he deserves and then you ask Allah for your sins because you know you weren't you weren't perfect you just did the best that you can because as much as you turn to him in repentance he's tawab that's from fa'al means he's always when it's accepting your repentance you turn to him he turns to you as a matter of fact in the ayat of toba it says that he turns to you by giving you the notion to make repentance and turn to him so that he can accept your repentance and that's the three stages of toba or repentance all right so the Prophet وسلم, when this ayah came down, then he would actually make this du'a. And we said that the Prophet was like the walking Qur'an. Everything that he that was in the Qur'an, you could see it in his life. So he used to actually say in his rukur and his sujood after this uh, after this surah came down, and this was the last surah revealed. All right, you get you see, I see I'm doing this bikhtisar because I can barely see this phone right now. So all the things that I wanted to read you guys in Arabic and show you the proofs of, I'm just talking to you about. Because I'm just coming from the heart. Because this is the these are the things that I want you to think about when you recite the surah. So this was the last surah that was sent down. Okay, Ibn Abbas said this was the last surah that was sent down. The last ayah or verse that was sent down was the one that we talked about the other day in Surah Al-Baqarah, "Wa which is the ayah right before the longest ayah in the Quran. This is the last full surah that was sent down and it was and when it was sent down the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam began saying in his ruku' and his sujood all the time subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika allahumma kfirli okay uh uh super uh, which is fasabbih bihamdi rabbika he says subhanallah wa bihamdi subhanakallahumma wa bihamdika and then he said was stuck for he said allahumma kfirli okay so he literally said what allah told him to say in the last ayah and record in his sujood and there were other ways that he said it that was even closer to that but that's one of the similar ways and one of the easiest ways is the one that i read and that i say in um that I found in Jamia Sagir was Ziyadah from Yama Suyuti, which was he would say, Supanaka, Wabihamdika, Astagfiruka, Watubu ilik. So that's easy for you to remember. And Rukur and in Sujood, Subhanaka, Wabihamdika, Astagfiruka, Watubu ilik. All right? Which is, I say, SubhanAllah to you, I say, Ubihamdik, that my maham to you, Astagfiruka, I seek your forgiveness, Watubu ilik, and I repent to you. Subhanaka, Wabihamdika, Astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. And we'll stop here. Until next time, this is your brother. Implement. And that's the reason why I'm keeping it simple. Implement. Make sure that you think about it. Make sure that when you recite, you think about it. When you're going to record in sujood, learn that small dua and you can say it. And it'll help you connect yourselves with Salah and with your Lord by Allah's permission. Until next time, we'll keep excavating and let's all keep benefiting. السلام عليكم ورحمة الله كان لا يرجوك إلا محسن فمن الذي يدعو 